1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spoffer, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Weston Hodkiewicz. We're coming to you here from different locations at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, yesterday we saw the first of two joint practices with the New England Patriots. The second one will take place shortly after we get done recording this episode, and then there will be the preseason game, obviously, on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. So I'll just throw it out to you right off the jump here. What were your initial impressions of the joint workout on Nitschke Field on Tuesday? I'm actually going to hide it.
2: On Wednesday. On Wednesday. I'm getting them all mixed up to myself. We don't know what
1: day of the week it is around here.
2: It's funny. I have to tell the story quick. So we're coming up here to shoot the show this morning. And I got into the elevator with Katie Hermson, our wonderful manager of public affairs. And she says to me, she goes, Wes, where are you going? Like, where can I, can I get you? I'm like five. She's like, what's on five. I'm like me for the last four months. (laughs) Me has been on five. And here we are once again. Uh, She also mentioned, or I was trying to say goodbye to her and and I was like, have a terrific and then completely blanked on what day it was as well. So we're off to a great rip roaring start here this morning, Michael, (sighs) but to your point to these practices, to everything associated with that. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Mike. I I don't know how you felt about it. We can probably talk, discuss it in this platform, but that was to me, one of the better, maybe the best joint practice I've seen the Packers conduct. I felt like in every phase for two hours and 27 minutes, uh, there was a lot of great work that was being done. I really enjoyed watching Bill Belichick's team practice because one of the things I think gets taken for granted, everybody's like, okay, well, You know, you got to do all this new age stuff. You got to, you got to, you know, have these, you know, incredible uh, jugs machines that can show you how case Keenum throws a football. You can do all these different things. Watching the first team period, when I was down with the defense going against the number one offense for the Patriots, the Patriots just run the ball over and over (laughs) and over again. And eventually they start passing too, but. So much of it is old school football fundamentals. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of the way Rich Pisaccia coaches on special teams where it's like, sure. you got to get the operation down before you get into the execution. And that's what was one of my biggest takeaways from this. Now, if I can separate myself from the practice for a minute, as I wrote for one of our stories on Packers.com, the historical significance of this is probably the thing that hits home the most for me. The fact that you have Bill Belichick at 71 years old, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer whenever that day comes, probably at some point here going to become the winningest coach in NFL history, leading his New England Patriots to Green Bay for the first time for two joint practices and the Green Bay Packers, the amount of respect and admiration on this side of things from Matt Forstaff, I thought that was super cool too. There felt like a lot more connectivity in that joint practice than I think any of these other ones we've experienced over the last four years.
1: Yeah, there's certainly a lot of uh, mutual respect going both directions. For um, obviously the history and tradition and everything that is associated with Lambeau Field and the Packers in Green Bay, and then on the other side, what Bill Belichick and the Patriots have accomplished over the last you know 20 years, 25 years, it's been pretty. Um, pretty remarkable and uh and these teams will uh uh they squared off last season uh last year in the regular season and and uh you know Belichick has always made those comments whenever he walks into Lambeau Field he's uh he's a head coach with as much appreciation for the history of this game as uh, as anyone and uh as much as he doesn't like to do press conferences and answer questions from the media you start asking him about history and he will talk and talk and talk he absolutely loves it
2: and he smiles like that was the first thing I thought was really cool when the, he kind of cracked a smile the first time he was asked about it It was Dennis Krause that I believe asked him. And obviously Belichick's been around a long time, 49 consecutive years as a coach and NFL record in some capacity coaching in the league. And he kind of smiled when he's like, no, it's still, it's still cool, you know, especially <laughs> with these, these joint practices. And what I love about Belichick too, is there, there's so many guys and he's talked about the Packers several times over the years. But including last year leading up to the game at Lambeau, but they'll be like, okay, Lombardi, Lambeau, Hudson. No, nah, man, this guy's talking about Clark Hinkle. He's talking about Cecil Isbell. He's talking about some of the greats in this team's, you know, illustrious history, but maybe not the everyday uh, names that a lot of fans know about, uh, especially from the the twenties and thirties and forties, the cliff crystal expertise sort of era. Yeah. Um. He has a great appreciation for it. And I don't think for that fact it's a surprise that he's been as successful as he's been for so long. And you know, whatever it was, nineteen consecutive winning seasons and and everything that the Patriots have accomplished. And Matt Lafleur speaking before practice on Wednesday mentioned too. He's like, you know, we originally pursued them with the idea of doing these joint practices and really goes back to just having a deep respect and admiration for what Belichick has done. And if you see a guy who's been this successful for this long, and then obviously the way that the Patriots conduct their business, you want to be able to, to tap into that a little bit. And on Belichick's side of things, the ultimate competitor, he said, yeah, AFC, NFC, we don't see these guys very often. It's an uncommon opponent. There's really nothing to be gained or lost from that work against the Packers. So why don't we go for it? This is becoming more and more prevalent right now in the NFL, Mike. I mean, you look any given day on Twitter, it seems like it's the Panthers and the Jets and it's the, the Texans and the Dolphins and more and more of these teams are doing it. And, and obviously there's a there's
3: a reason for that. What's up? I'm John Wall.
0: And I'm CJ Toledano And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA six man of the year. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, this is becoming the way of uh, of the NFL preseason. And getting to the pra- practice itself, there's a lot of 11-on-11 work. And just to give fans an idea of how... This works if you if you weren't in Green Bay, if you're not able to attend a joint practice, you have Nitschke Field all the way along the backside of the Don Hudson Center. And when they go to 11 on 11 at one end of the field is the Patriots offense against the Packers defense at the other end of the field is the Packers offense against the Patriots defense. So from our perspective, from a coverage side of things, we have to divide and conquer. So as you said, you were down watching the Packers defense. I was on the other end of the field watching the Packers offense. And a couple of things really stood out to me. One, Bill Belichick, really decided to challenge Jordan Love and the Packers with his defensive scheme. He was he was bringing blitzes. He was disguising things. He was changing things up. He was challenging the Packers running backs in terms of their blitz pickup and just everything with regards to the protection scheme. And in the early going, the first couple of sequences of 11-on-11 11 11 with Jordan Love at quarterback, there were a lot of checkdowns. Um, love wasn't finding anything open. They were trying to figure out things with the protection. He was just taking what was there the outlet, the outlet receiver, usually a running back. But then the Packers started to get their legs under them a little bit offensively. And when they moved into the red zone work, I thought Jordan Love really started to cut it loose. He, uh, he hit a really nice. Pass to Luke Musgrave kind of over the top on a seam route for a touchdown. Then he hit Romeo Dobbs over by the pylon, the front pylon for a touchdown. Dobbs made a really, really good catch against uh, some pretty good coverage and got his feet in the officials. There's actually a, a, an, a, a true NFL officiating crew that is here, and they'll be doing the game on Saturday night in Lambeau Field. The officials had to talk about it for a while, and they're right over in front of all of the fans that are that are there at Nitschke Field trying to convince. No, he had his feet and it was a touchdown. They talked about it and they gave Romeo Dobbs the touchdown. So that got a pretty good ovation. He also hit a nice pass in the back of the end zone to Jaden Reed. That would have been a touchdown, except the New England defender made a really nice play and actually was able to shove Reed out of bounds as he went up in the air to make the catch. And he got shoved out of bounds before he could get his feet back down. But I thought... For as, as much as Belichick's defense was challenging the Packers, giving them some really good work with the pass protection and the blitz pickup, I thought when they got in the red zone, I thought Jordan Love and the offense started to click a little bit.
2: Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Mike. You watched that touchdown pass he had to Dobbs. I mean, the the stunts in the bl- the corner blitz, the slot blitz they were throwing at him, there was a lot for the offensive line and love to be able to count for on that, making sure that all the bodies and hats are covered for What I like the most also is how love built all of that up until the final two minute drill. Um, Now the Packers were unable to get the 40 yard field goal. Anders Carlson, you know, missed it from what the referee said down there. I didn't get a good look at it, but the fact is, is that love had three completions to Dobbs on that series. I believe it was two others to Watson. He really got humming that second half of the practice. And I thought that really showed up. As far as the Packers defense was concerned, a very interesting day for them because as it turns out Devondre Campbell has an ankle injury, misses practice. So that meant that Quay Walker had to become the Mike going up against the Patriots offense. Now, Walker's done plenty of it. He's he's been in that role before. The Packers have purposely kept him in usually an extra series in the preseason to make sure that he gets those reps. Devondre missed 4 games last year. Walker handled a lot of that, but suddenly he's in the charge of the defense working alongside Isaiah McDuffie. But one positive for green Bay was they got Jair Alexander back for some of those team periods. And the first play, I talked about this on three things. He's lining up at left cornerback. They try to throw a pass and out route to Kendrick Bourne and Jair is just sticky glue all over him, just breaks that pass up in completion. Later on, they try to test him in the end zone coming across on kind of an over route and it looked like the receiver, I don't have my notes in front of me. I can't remember who it was, but it looked like the receiver had it. Jair battles and battles and battles. And as the receivers go into the ground, drops the ball. And the referees, again, as you were talking about with earlier, some of the things with the Dobbs play, the referees discuss it. all the ball came out and Packers defenders going nuts. And Jair's just being Jair because that's who he is. And I just felt like defensively, this is such an important time right now for Green Bay because they are learning about who they are and what direction they're going to be headed. And Rasul Douglas had a good day, although he lamented not being able to pick off Mac Jones in the final two minute drive. That would have ended that series. I think
1: Rasul Douglas gets upset every time a pass (laughs) comes his way and he doesn't (laughs) intercept it. I mean, every ball that is thrown his direction, he thinks it's his, he thinks it should be a pick and uh, and he, yeah. And he gets, he gets pretty fired up if he can't, uh, if he can't snag the INT.
2: No, but I think it's cool, though, because you look at it. You have Kenny Clark is out right now with the back injury. You have Devondre Campbell out right now with the ankle at all these levels of the defense. The Packers are working through some stuff right now, but they still have young guys that are stepping up. And I think that's going to lead into these preseason games. I think that's going to lead into, you know, trying to build that identity going into the season. The one thing that I think is going to be very different than past years. And and again, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong approach to how they've handled the preseason, but these are a lot of young guys that do need the work and certainly they're getting it.
1: Yeah. And a couple other things to point out too. I mean, when I talk about, you know, the challenges with the pass protection and the blitz pickup, these are the kinds of things you don't usually get in a preseason game because teams don't want to put yeah. all of those uh you know different looks exotic looks and and different changeups that they throw at offenses they don't like to put that on film for all of their opponents uh, you know to To uh, look at and prepare for for the season. So you get that in a joint practice that you don't necessarily get in a preseason game. I should say, too, and you mentioned that uh, Jordan Love kind of got things going in in uh, the two minute drill had a good series there. I think also what helped set him up for that was, I guess, what we would call the play of the day offensively. Um, he was able to connect on a deep ball with uh, Christian Watson for really what would have been a 75-yard touchdown, and Love talked about it afterwards. It was a it was a route concept that they've um, they've worked on it. They've tried to hit it multiple times here during training camp so far and they've never been able to connect on the deep shot either the deep shot goes incomplete or love has to take the shorter throw to romeo dobbs because he's the other receiver um in the two-man concept with watson well this time he uh he you know, fired it downfield and it was right on target for Watson in stride behind a couple of defenders and he would have taken off and and scored from there 75 yards away. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool to see and got, uh, got quite the ovation from the fans at Nitschke field.
2: Very quickly, just to throw in here too, I was talking, when we were talking with Russell Douglas after locker room afterwards, I believe it was Pete Doherty that asked him about that play. And he's like, you know, how did you think your quarterback did? And, you know, he hasn't had a lot of those, Moments, you know, during, you know, practices so far, whatever, however Pete worded, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But Rasul's answer to it was, well, that was because he was going against us. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, he's been doing great. I mean, that's the type of play that we expect him to make. But Brazil's side of things is like, yeah, no, we we don't want him making those plays against us, but yeah, he's fully capable of doing it against other defenses. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. One other note too, with regard to the Packers defense is uh, the search for a starting safety continues because uh, as we talked about, it was Rudy Ford for a while. Then it was Jonathan Owens through family night and the first preseason game. Now to various more free agent signing from back in the spring uh, originally. Originally, I believe a third round draft pick of the San Francisco 49ers a handful of years ago. He's now running with the ones alongside Darnell Savage at safety. So uh um so just something to keep an eye on as uh, these last couple of preseason games uh wrap up and the Packers get down to uh roster cutdown time.
2: Yeah, and if you ask for soul Douglas, he's the starting safety too uh in this defense. So We'll have to keep an eye on that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Hey, listen, they've run through this where they've been given all these guys opportunities. You know, now it looks like Tarverius Moore is the next guy up in that rotation. Dude had a lot of speed. I mean, you talked to him back in the spring. I mean, that was his calling card early on before. I believe it was the Achilles injury.
1: I'm trying to remember. Was it ACL? Uh, uh Before for the more, season ending injury. Uh, it was it was uh for more. It was an Achilles in it San was Francisco. Yes, right, it was an Achilles
2: my brain and memory isn't completely shot yet. No, but I mean, guy had a lot of speed and he came back last year, didn't get a ton of opportunities defensively, but I mean, the guy that that's still always been where he's trending with this thing. He's a third round pick that feels like he can compete for a job at that spot. Him, Jonathan Owens, Rudy Ford early in camp. They've kind of gone through this where they've given almost all these guys like a week or so to, to work back there. Dallin Levitt still available Innis his gains is injured right now, but you know Anthony Johnson I thought has made a lot of big improvements here the last few weeks it'll be very interesting to see what he could potentially provide in the last two preseason games Matt LaFleur complimented what he's done on special teams now he wants to see it maybe translate a little bit more to the defensive side of the ball it's uh, dude you you wrote it or i wrote it you edited it um this is as wide open as any position battle on the roster because yep. the, the 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 separation between what could be a starting safety and potentially not even being on this roster It's tight because you're not going to be able to keep everybody and only
1: two guys are going to be able to start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to take a look ahead to the preseason game coming up on Saturday night, but I'll take care of a little sponsor business first. Sirius XM NFL radio delivers hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need, 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, Wes, preseason game number two, Saturday night at Lambeau Field. As far as I'm concerned, this is what I always look for when it comes to the second preseason game. I look at the guys who were the standouts particularly young players who were the standouts in the first preseason game. And you ask the question, can they do it again? Can they keep it going? Now that's not to say, can Emmanuel Wilson run for an 80 yard touchdown again? That's probably not going to happen, but can he do what he did? The six carries 111 yards, two touchdowns. Can he build on that? Can he continue to show progress? Can Sean Clifford as the number two quarterback, can he also show progress, maybe protect the football a little bit better but without losing that, that aggressiveness and attack mentality that allowed him to be so productive. And we talked about Carrington Valentine. Malik Heath is another one, the undrafted rookie receiver. He made a great catch in uh, the two-minute drill from Clifford Uh, against the Patriots um, in the first joint practice on Wednesday caught it right by the front pylon of the end zone he thought he had a touchdown as he was crashing to the ground they actually ruled him down kind of inside the one yard line would have been one of those that goes to replay of course Uh, we don't have he uh, hit the
2: pylon
1: yeah I thought it was a touchdown I thought it was a touchdown but if he would have fumbled
2: it would have been a turnover though I mean yeah
1: Stupid. Yeah, but story for another day, right? Yeah. but it was something that would have gone to replay. Regardless, there was no dispute that he caught the ball. Yes, and, beautiful and, catch. And uh, it was a great catch on a nice throw from Sean Clifford against some pretty tight coverage. So can Malik Heath, who's who's an undrafted rookie for Ole Miss, you know, fighting for a roster spot in this receiving core. Can he build on what he's done and then show something under the lights at Land Field? Those are the kinds of things that we'll be watching for in this second preseason game.
3: What's up? I'm John Wall. And
1: I'm
0: CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one on one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all?
3: I said, I said OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because then I it? Ain't it?
0: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Yeah, and for me, I think one of my biggest keys to this thing and what I'm going to be keeping an eye on is these guys that are playing to, trying to play catch-up right now. You know, when you look at Jake Hansen was out for a couple of weeks with the elbow injury. Well, now he's back. He's running as the number two center again. The Packers are looking for guys to step up in that interior offensive line. Could Jake Hansen be a potential solution for them? Grant Dubose, you mentioned, you know, a guy like Malik Heath who's been balling out well, here's Grant coming back after missing months with that back injury. Well, he's making plays in practice. Now he's trying to make a bid for a roster spot after missing so much time. I actually think he, I, I've been really surprised at how well he's looked after really never having an NFL practice before until training camp. I mean, that's remarkable. It wasn't even a Wasn't even participating in the rookie mini camp. Right. And here he is now, you know, trying to make a run like that. It stinks that Bo Melton went down with the hamstring injury. You hope that's not too serious for him and he can get back here before the end of camp because I thought he was putting together some. Some good, some good snaps. One of the questions I asked, going back to what evidently is just going to be the Rasul Douglas show, was asking Sewell about all these young guys who have stepped up. Yes, we talked about Carrington Valentine, but you know, how what has that done to bring out more out of you know Shamar John Charles and and William Hooper, who had three pass deflections last week after Corey Ballantine went out. These young guys, I think, have really taken that push in that that little jolt of hey, if this guy's raising his level of his game. I have to do likewise in this pursuit of a 53 man roster spot. We are two weeks away from having to worry about an active roster right now, Mike, but I am telling you in my time covering this team, there's been some years where it's been pretty okay. Getting down to 60, 53 players. There are so many guys on both sides of the ball and on Rich Passaccia's special teams where it's like, man, where do you cut the fat here? There's been a lot of young guys who have stepped up. And that's probably the thing I'm looking to see what separates these guys who makes a play on special teams, who makes the big catch, who is the next Emmanuel Wilson, that bus free for an 80 yard touchdown. All those answers are coming on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to those roster decisions, the personnel department, they they look at the entire package, right? They look yep. at all of the work that's done in practices. They look at the work that's done in the preseason games. It's not about just flashing here and there. It's about the entire body of work and and what you've been able to show. And uh, and then those difficult decisions are made. But as you it, said, a couple of weeks away until uh, we get to that point, still two more preseason games. And that's a lot of snaps for a lot of young players to show what they've got. I'm going to date our show a little bit because we haven't talked to Matt LaFleur yet, but very interested to see, too,
2: the number one offense. What does it look like? Who plays? Does Jordan Love get a chance to get some snaps inside Lambeau Field? We don't know. I doubt they're actually going to say that outright. But the fact of the matter is, is that I thought that was really beneficial work last week. Two series. They didn't overdo it. They gave him a chance to run that offense down the field. I have to imagine that Jordan Love came out of that feeling pretty good in Cincinnati. Do you try to extend that now into Green Bay?
1: Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll just have to see what uh, they decide in that regard. But uh, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team, training camp, joint practices, the preseason game coming up on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. We will have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.